0: I'm Amanda Pittman, and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created so I could have candid conversations with my confident committee. We'll talk about what you care about most, walking in your purpose, finding freedom, and becoming the woman God created you to be. So come join the committee, sis. We're going to chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. All right, so I think the ice has been broken.
1: We've broken a lot of ice.
0: Let's just um, set a little expectation. So first and foremost, I know that you guys came to this live teaching tonight because you guys want to hear the voice of God. Um, You guys want to make sure that as you're planning for 2020, you're in alignment with God's will. And we're going to be talking all about that biblically tonight. Um, And make sure that you stay all the way to the end so that we can answer your questions we will be taking Q and A it's going to be popping it is going to be popping really excited about that so stay all the way until the end uh, for Q and A also you can talk back to us
2: yeah we're online
0: we're in the online world but we um, we just we just preach and, and teach a little better you know when we know that people are listening
1: just drop so, just drop and, and let's let's just drop some preach Amen, some fire emojis, like whatever you're going to say when we start dropping fire, just put it in the chat real quick so we know like what to look. I'm just curious to know.
0: There you go. What
1: you going... to Okay, so Shanta, oh, Aubrey come said, on, come somebody. on, somebody. Okay. Amen.
0: Excellent, excellent.
2: Okay. Yes, fire. Yeah.
0: Good. I like it. I like come it. Come on, I'm here for it. So this is this. That's this is why it's good, because when we know that it's sticking and that you're listening, it gives us a little bit more fire in our bones to um, teach with a little bit more excitement and depth. So when, when it's like a brick wall, we're just like, are they getting it? But yes. I know that you guys are getting it. Come on.
1: Bet. Awesome. Okay. Yep, let's pray and jump into it. Lord, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this time with our family, our online family. Please help us to just have a great teaching tonight and to help them learn how to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. All right, so sometimes... We're downstairs, me and Michael are downstairs with our kids, and you hear PJ Masks in the background. And if you don't have kids, there's no reason why you should know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) But if you have kids, you know what PJ Masks is. And it's just this cartoon that's pretty addictive for children yeah <laughs> it's our son's favorite show and so that will be playing on in the background and then beans running around he says i want a banana i want cake i want juice i want water i want this i want that and then meanwhile lily's crawling around opening cabinets she's just starting to learn how to walk and then she's doing this thing where she goes milk milk, milk. so she's asking me to nurse her she's asking for milk And it just sounds so loud. And Michael will say something from across the room while I'm hearing all of this noise. And I'm just like, I don't even know what you just said. I I can't even focus right now. I I just can't hear you. And sometimes it's like that when it comes to hearing the voice of God. Mm. Sometimes everything around us is so noisy. Sometimes everything around us is so chaotic that we can't even... Fix our mind to focus on the voice that matters the most because it seems like everything around us is so chaotic. And so, um, one thing that's really important um, to just set the foundation is to understand that um, you need to create an environment where God can speak to you. It's important that you um, come to God with the expectation um, that. If you have all of these other loud voices and chaotic voices speaking to you, it's going to be somewhat hard to hear the voice of God.
1: Yeah, most definitely. i like to say that God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. Mm-hmm. You understand that? Yeah. Like whenever I speak to Amanda and PJ Mask is on and Lily is crawling and the food in the kitchen is cooking and I'm speaking to her, it's not that I'm having a problem speaking. She's having a problem listening because of all the noise. And so like even as we're getting started into how they hear the voice of God, know that God's voice is best heard in the right environment. Everybody type the word environment in the chat. God's voice is heard in the right environment. And so it's really, really important for you guys to know that um, because it will ultimately help you hear the voice of God better.
0: So big idea number one that we want to leave you guys with, we have three big ideas. And big idea number one when it comes to hearing the voice of God is that God has already spoken. Mm -hmm. He has already spoken. There's a popular saying Um, that says, don't say that God is silent when your Bible is closed.
2: Mm. That's
0: because God has already given us his word. He has already given us a standard for which we can communicate with him and a standard um, that completely explains his character. And when we try to go outside of God to hear the voice of God, or when we try and go outside of God's word to hear the voice of God, then we become dependent on um, anything and everything. Yep. And so, imagine this. Imagine you are. Um, imagine that you are uh, in a place where you start to hear the voice of God, and you're looking for Him in all a, a bunch of different places. Maybe you're looking at Him like I used to be. I used to try and hear the voice of God. Um, you know, on the side of the road, looking for signs in the uh, billboards or looking at people's license plate or this or that. Um, But you're not really dependent on something substantial. You're not really listening to something that you can um, measure by when it comes to truth. And so the further and further away you get from that, trying to hear God's voice outside of his word, um, the more you're going to be prone to being swayed by every wind of doctrine the more you're likely to listen to the Hebrew Israelites saying that's the white man's religion, the more you'll be uh, likely to listen to the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons because the voice of God is not rooted in something that cannot be changed. Mm-hmm. And so because God's character doesn't change, his voice is not going to change either. And so we need to understand his character from his word. I want to share uh, this with you from a concept that's in the Bible Um, and it's about the concept of a plumb line. The word of God is a plumb line. Let me read this to you. Amos was a prophet, and (laughs) Amos 7, 7 through 8 says this. This is what God, this is what he showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, what do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. Then the Lord said, look, I'm setting a plumb line among my among my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. Now, this is not the only time in the Bible that a plumb line is mentioned. Now, I was very curious to know what a plumb line is. I want to show you guys a picture of a plumb line. This was used um, in antiquity. It was used uh, to measure the correctness of a wall it was used to see whether or not something was standing upright Uh, because if you wanted to build a structure you wanted to make sure that it was constructed well and so there would be this weighted thing that you can see right here this weighted arrow shaped thing connected to a string and you would hang it at the top of a wall as you're building it and as you're building it you would hang it to see whether or not the wall is standing straight up and down Now, if you build without a plumb line, you have nothing to measure the correctness of your wall. However, if you build with a plumb line, if you start to sway a little to the right or to the left, of the construction you're going to be able to nip it in the bud and build correctly so when the scripture talks about god acting as a plumb line he's saying your generation has become so wicked and perverse and um so tilted and strewed and, and and skewed from my original intent and from my original design mm-hmm. that i'm going to have to bring down a, a um What's the word I'm looking for? An objective standard, an objective truth to show you how far and how crooked you have been. So you guys have been building at this time. They had been building so far away from God that they didn't realize how far that they were straying from him. The word of God is a plumb line. It acts as a plumb line in our lives. If we expect to hear the voice of God without going to the word of God, it's like building a crooked building. We start to hear voices and hear voices and maybe in the beginning we did hear the voice of God, but because we're a baby Christian, where it's not built on truth, it's not built on maturity, we begin to hear every single voice and say, this must be God, this must be God, this must be God, yet we are not reading his word. The word of God acts as a plumb line. And so if we were to say, oh, I hear the voice of God, but it contradicts the word of God, we would know that was not the voice of God. God's
1: voice will never contradict. God's word.
0: God's voice will never contradict his word. So it's incredibly important that as you are hearing the voice of God, you have to understand he has already spoken. He has written his word for us as a guidebook. And many times we think that we have less than what people had in the Old Testament, right? Many times we think, oh, they had it good. Moses uh, had, the bu- had the burning bush. He was able to go up to the mountain and, and have the glory of God. The Israelites, they had the glory cloud that, um, that, that guided them. And many times we think that we have less than what they had because, let's be honest, we might think it was a lot easier to follow God then because you know God's speaking to you if he speaks in an audible voice or if he speaks with a burning bush, you know that's God. And if you knew that, it was got to be really easy to follow him, right? Well. I would push back on that and say that um, we actually have more access to God even now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that, um, before we jump into that, I wanted to talk to you guys about the importance of like God's word because if you, hmm, how can I say this? So if you, there are two ways to kind of approach life. You can either... take the experiences that you go through and create your image of God from your experiences, or you can take the image of God and what the word says about God and filter your experiences through that. And so if you want to keep your sanity, (laughs) um, it's important for you to filter your experiences through the Bible, don't filter the Bible through your experiences. Um, That's the, that's like a plumb line. Like the the Bible, as Amanda mentioned, is like the straight objective line. Like if you read something in the Bible and and you mad about it, or you don't agree with it, then like you're wrong, not the Bible. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So- That's um,
0: what a lot of people do. They'll be like, oh, the Bible can't be right because this happened to me, or that happened to me, or I feel this way, or I feel that way, but it's really, No, the Bible's right no matter how you feel.
1: Right, absolutely, absolutely. And so um, that's that's something that I wanted to mention as well. And as Amanda was saying, the second thing is that you have more access to God um, than what you think. And so I'm gonna tell you guys something. I'm gonna um, ask you guys a question and I want you to put true or false in the chat, okay? I want you to put true or false in the chat. True or false? Jesus Christ had limitations. Jesus Christ had limitations. I want you to put true or false in the chat. D'Amica said false. obviously said true, false, false, false. True, false, false, false. True, false, false false. True, false, false. true, false, false, false. Awesome. True, true. Okay. So here's the thing that a lot of people um don't really realize is that Jesus did have limitations because he was fully god and fully man Jesus had limitations mm-hmm. if Jesus were living today and he were talking to us in Atlanta you know he was sitting on our couch hanging out he that also, that means that he wouldn't be talking to y'all, you know what I mean? Like, he wouldn't be talking to CeCe from Carolina. He wouldn't be talking to Alyssa from Colleen. He wouldn't be talking to Brianna from Alabama. He wouldn't be talking to Betty from Florida. Like, if he's with us in our living room in Atlanta, he wouldn't be talking to y'all, and vice versa. Here's the thing. And then also, like, let's say you wanted to, like, hit up Jesus You know, shoot him a call, shoot him a text if you're living in today's day and time. Well, if you shoot him a text at three in the morning, like he's probably asleep. You know what I mean? Like, unless he just, I don't know what time Jesus' prayer time was in the morning. I mean, I knew he got up early, but like, I mean, you know, it's like he, it's early. And so I say all those things to say that when Jesus was on earth, he had limitations. But check this out. John 14, 12 says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Why? Because I'm going to help them? No. It says, because I'm going to the Father. Jesus says, you're actually, people are going to be able to do greater things because I'm leaving them. Yeah isn't that crazy like jesus is like because i'm leaving y'all are actually going to be able to do more and it's like <clears throat> how is that possible the reason that's possible is because of the power of the holy spirit yes the holy spirit has no limitations yes. the holy spirit i could be talking to the holy spirit and you could be talking to the holy spirit and we get no less holy spirit mm-hmm. I, it, I can hit up the Holy Spirit at 3 a.m. I can hit them up at 9. Like, the Holy Spirit is always available. Holy Spirit is living within us. Holy Spirit moves with power and authority in our lives. And so <clears throat> I say all of that because, as Amanda mentioned, there's this big, huge misconception that back in the day, people had it easy. It's like, well, shoot, if I can get a burning bush talking to me and telling me what to do, then I you know, then, then God's got what God is saying is so clear. You know, if, if Jesus, if I lived in, you know, 12 AD, then of course, like and I saw Jesus walking around and he said do ABCDEFG, of course, I would be able to, you know, know what the word of God is saying because it's so clear. And yet <laughs> you have your Bible every day that you don't read. Right. And the word is even clearer then than it was. Like, I think that I think that Moses, I think to myself, like, Moses is probably in heaven right now. And he's just like, dang, they got it made. Mm-hmm. These kids nowadays got it made. Right. You telling me they get 66 books of the Bible, Old Testament and new testament you telling me they get the holy spirit living inside of him you're telling me jesus has already died and resurrected and there are historical documents not even in the bible that testify to that and they got technology like cell phones and computers and i would trade my burning bush for their stuff any day i would trade my burning bush for the bible i started writing the bible right.
0: and so many times we think we look at the mountaintop experiences and we forget about the valley experiences that they went to went through in the mountaintop that's where moses was he was experiencing the presence of god and maybe um he had some moments where god was speaking to him however we, we forget that there were days and months that there would be no word from God. God would rely on, the people of God would rely on the last thing that God told them to do until they accomplished that thing and the Lord would speak again. And many times we, would, um, we forget that we are in a time and an age of the body of Christ, that we have direct access from the Holy Spirit that never leaves us. Because there are times where the Holy Spirit comes down Or the presence of God comes down in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. However, now in today's day and age, because Jesus has ascended back to heaven, he has sent us his Holy Spirit. So we actually have full access to him 24-7. And so we're waiting on this crazy open heaven experience from God for him to speak to us clearly when in fact we have the Holy Spirit within us to where he can speak to us every single day. And so we need to be able to listen to him every single day in that still small voice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, so yeah,
2: that's fine.
0: Yeah. So I want to share with you guys, Luke 10, uh, 39 to 40. And it says this, she had a sister, Mary. So this is the story of Mary and Martha, um, Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. So many times we have this mentality with God. We're looking to achieve a certain outcome. We're looking to achieve a certain promise. Instead of going to God's presence, we're trying to do everything to serve Jesus Mm -hmm. when we're spending no time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so understand this, that God's promise is not going to come outside of his presence. Mm -hmm. And if you seek God's promise outside of his presence, you're not truly seeking God at all. Mm -hmm. And so um, many times we have not many times. We always have the opportunity to approach the throne of grace we always have the opportunity to access the presence of God because we have the Holy Spirit, God within us. We always have the opportunity um, to, to confidently approach the throne. However, we choose not to. And so because we choose not to, we're going around God to say, "Okay, God, I want to hear you. I want to hear you for a moment. I want to hear you um, in this crazy experience. But I don't want to actually go to you in my everyday experience. And so if you understand that walking with God is an everyday experience, the closer you get to God, the more you will hear his voice. And so we need to be less like Martha trying to do everything for God. And more like Mary, trying to just be pleased being in God's presence.
1: Yeah. Have you ever heard the phrase, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy? Sometimes that's what happens. Like we get so busy trying to do the things for God that we don't spend time with him. And that's when we oftentimes get burnt out is whenever you we do more for God than we spend time with him. You know, like here, here it is right here. Martha it's working for Jesus but it's Mary who's listening to him
2: mm.
1: like Martha's working Mary's listening
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so and guess what Martha's doing preparations for Jesus she's she's like she's she's serving the lord yeah but sometimes if you're working for God but you're not at his feet listening to him you'll miss what he's saying
0: absolutely <clears throat> i want to share Um, another passage of scripture with you guys, Matthew 17, 14 through 19. I want you guys to write this down. But before I read this, I know this is a lot of information. If you're still tracking with us, drop an emoji in the chat. So we know that you are tracking with us. Come on, Dana. Come on, Alyssa, Aubrey, Renita, and everybody who is in YouTube world, Alessandra. So good. So good. So good. Let's get back rocking and rolling. Matthew 17, 14 through 19 says this. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you wicked and perverse people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and the boy and it left him. <coughs> From that moment, the boy was well. Afterwards, the di- disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out the demon? Jesus said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, this is a really interesting concept. I want you to get this, so make sure that you hear me on this. Wicked, Go. if we go back to that first one, it says you wicked and perverse people. Jesus called them wicked and perverse. So wicked means you're too disconnected from God. And perverse means that you're too connected to the flesh. It means you're too connected to the world. And it's so interesting. He called the people wicked and perverse. But then he also went around to say this kind comes, only, comes out only by way of prayer and fasting. Wicked is too disconnected from, with God and perverse is too connected to the flesh and to the world. Prayer connects you to God and fasting disconnects you from your flesh. Mm. So understand that if you want to get closer to God, you have to switch your mentality from being a wicked and perverse Disconnected from God and connected to the flesh, and you need to actually connect with God through p- prayer and, and disconnect from the world by fasting. And so many times we're actually not hearing the voice of God because we're actually wicked and perverse. So we need to actually spend time with prayer. So what does that practically mean? If you want to practically, um, if you want to practically practice God's presence and hear from Him, that means prayer.
1: Yeah. And so um, the primary goal of hearing God's voice isn't instruction, it's intimacy. And so that's really, really important because <clears throat> whenever we um, oftentimes like want to hear God's voice, let's be honest, it's because, oh, I want to... Know what my purpose is. I want to know what type of business I should start. I want to know if I should get my master's. I want to know if I should take this job. Should I take this promotion? Should I move to Atlanta? You know, by the way, Atlanta's pretty full. You know, I would just reconsider. Um, like, but I just I would just you're 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 wondering how to hear God's voice to get something from Him when, in reality, intimacy with Him should be the goal. Here's why that's important, because in the Bible, we often see, and even in our own lives today, that the directions of God, even if they're clear, are often not enough in themselves to remain obedient to. Just because God tells you something clearly doesn't mean you're going to do it. That's What disobedience is. Right.
0: Like you think about Moses and the Israelites. God spoke to them clearly. He gave them the Ten Commandments. He gave them, you know, the directions for the promised land. Yet they were still disobedient. So hearing God with clarity doesn't ensure obedience.
1: Right. But intimacy with God ensures obedience.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: See, when you're intimate with God, then you begin to trust God. And when you trust God, then you want to serve God. And when you serve God and and trust God and you're intimate with God, then that actually makes you obedient to God, not in a, oh, God's going to rain down light and strike me with lightning if I don't, but it's just like, I love God. And so I'm just going to do what he says and be obedient. And then what happens is whenever you're obedient then you get the promise that God has for you. Then you get the answers and the clarity that you're looking for. Then you get the wisdom and direction. But I mean, see, here's the thing. Some of you are wanting God to show you the promised land, but you have the obedience level of Moses. And so you're never going to see the promised land where you're at now without becoming more intimate with him. And so it's really, really important to know that like, God, in hearing his voice, is for intimacy more than it is for instruction because you need intimacy to be obedient.
0: Absolutely. In the same way that I mentioned that the word of God acts as a plumb line and we can't go around the word of God to hear the voice of God. In the same way, we cannot go around intimacy with God to get instruction from God. And so many times we're trying to go around God to get the things that he said that we were going to have when it's inside of his presence, inside of intimacy with him, where we're going to find that instruction, where we're going to find that direction, where we're going to also find that peace and fulfillment. And let me just talk about that for a second, because you can get all of the things you thought you always wanted, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be fulfilled. God can even fulfill the things he said he was going to fulfill in your life, but if you aren't actually spending time with him in intimacy. You can't even enjoy it. And so understand that the prize is intimacy with him, not instruction. But if you are intimate with God, he will instruct your ways. Now, I want to share a concept with you guys. Um, The more you know God's heart, the easier it is to understand his will. However, reading the Bible in and of itself does not tell you God's heart for your life. Now, the Bible does show you his character. It does show you um, the way that God operates, and it shows you God's principles. However, it is not the same to read the Bible and to spend time with God. Spending time reading the word of God is not the same as spending time with God. I want to share this with you um, using scripture. So John 5, 39-40 says this, You search the scriptures... Because you think that in them, you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Mm. In the scripture, Jesus is speaking and he's saying, you're going to all of this instruction, yet you're forsaking intimacy with me. And so, yes, you have to first read the word of God to understand the character of God, because it says it right here. They bear witness about me. But the word is not me. You have to go to me in order to know my heart. You have to go to me in order to be intimate with me. And how do you do that? Prayer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Prayer is the way to
0: do that. Prayer is the secret to what you're seeking.
1: Yeah, so there are four stages of prayer. And it's important to know which stage that you're in so that that way you um, just have an awareness of like, where you are and it's not to say like oh I need to just jump to the next stage of prayer the next level um because really through an intimate relationship with God God progresses you to it <clears throat> um I wanna um share a story actually um but before I do that let me give you the four stages there's talking at God talking to God listening to God and then being with God so you guys can write that down talking at God Talking to God, listening to God, and being with God. So, um, there's a story of uh, two guys, and they were hanging out, and they had grown up in church. And one of the guys said to one of the the, the other guys, he said, "Man, you don't know. You don't know your Bible." He said, "Man, you don't. I bet you don't know." Like the scriptures like that, you know, I know you grew up in church, but, but man, I bet you, I bet you couldn't even tell me the Lord's prayer. In in fact, I would even say, I got $10 in my pocket. If you can say the Lord's prayer, I'll give you $10. And the other guy puffed up his chest. He was like, okay, it's easy. Here it is. Lord, I lay me down to sleep. I pray to the Lord my soul to keep If I should die before I wake. I pray to the Lord my soul to take.
2: Huh.
1: And then the guy <laughs> laughed and said, man, I didn't think you knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I
2: didn't see that one.
1: yeah so um so so here's the thing that represents talking at god talking at god is whenever you basically say things to god you pray to god with words that were given to you. So God is great. God is good. Let him thank you for our food. By our hands, we are fed. Thank you for for daily bread. Amen. You know what I mean? Like lay me down to sleep. Praise the Lord. I'm so to keep flash that for away. Pray the Lord I'm so take. Like these things are talking at God. And I mean they're prayers, they count, but I mean it's kind of like whenever we tell our daughter Lily, you know, say mama, dad dad, you know, it's we're giving her the words and she's giving them back to us. That's the equivalent of stage one talking at God. Next, there's talking to God, which is kind of close to where our son, to, to how our son Elijah is with us. You know, Elijah, he's three years old. And um, and he will tell us, I want to watch PJ Masks. I want to watch Octonauts. I want yoga. I want all these things. Um, and so the, the, that's talking to God, you're using your own words now it's not words that were given to you, but you're talking to God and you're telling them god i want I want a raise, I want a job, I want a car, I want a man, I want money, I want coffee like you know like you're talking to God, <clears throat> but then, as you get older, there's listening to God, which is when you stop talking and you start listening, you know um and I think about how my daughter um, Lily, she is one years old, and as she's grown up, I have conversations with her, and I. Those conversations can sound something like, "Hey, baby, hi, Lily, it's hey, Juicy. Hey, come to Daddy, come to Daddy, yeah." Now I have the ability to talk better than that. I have the ability to communicate better than that, but that's all that she can handle right now because she's immature. I'm gonna let that sit. Because for some of us, we feel like God's not communicating to us. He's not showing us his deeper things. He's not revealing to us his, all of who he is, but maybe we need to ask ourselves, how mature are we really?
0: Dana
2: said,
1: off. <laughs> And so listen, like we need to evaluate our maturity when it comes to God, because for some of us, we're looking for deep things of God when all we do is talk to him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's where listening to God comes into play. It takes a mature person to listen. Mm-hmm. And then finally being with God, you get to a level of maturity in your relationship that you can just be in the presence of someone. And like any of y'all, like if you have this friend, just type me in the chat. Any of y'all got like this friend, a friend, to where they could be over at y'all, at your house. You could be at their house. Y'all could be in the car together. And y'all could be with each other for like an hour and a half, two hours y'all just chilling y'all watching tv y'all on y'all phones y'all like there are no expectations of like deep convo they're like like y'all just being like y'all anybody got a friend like that put me in the chat if you do like this is this is this is how god wants us to be with him like you know just just hanging out like i'm just kicking it with god like for some of us But like, well, I don't want to pray because I'm going to run out of things to say. And don't say nothing. Be quiet and just chill. Who knows? He may actually tell you something, you know? And so, like, those are the four stages of prayer. So I want you to identify yourself. This is the first. Okay. So let's go back right here. Oops. Oops. So stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. I want you to to, to to say, like, which stage are you in? Am I in stage one? Am I in stage two? Am I in stage three? Am I in stage four? And if you are struggling with hearing God, I would venture to say that you're probably in the first two stages yeah. um, instead of the last two.
0: Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm really excited to hear your responses as you guys are putting in your responses. I want to ask you a question. Oh, so okay. there's talking to God. Talking to God mm. And then there's this shift, this milestone to where suddenly someone's able to listen to God. I think uh, for a lot of us, we come to a place where we hit a wall because we don't know what we're listening for. Mm. How do we move from maturity to from talking to listening? What are we expecting to hear?
2: Mm. Yeah, so
1: whenever you, I remember we said that God's voice is best heard in the right environment.
2: Yeah.
1: And so if you are listening for God, um, I would say that God speaks. So back in the day, he may have spoken through a burning bush he spoke through a donkey, you know, he spoke through Jesus. And today he speaks through his word, but he also speaks through his Holy Spirit through conviction.
2: Yeah, preach, go ahead. So if,
1: so if you are feeling convicted about something, that's a good, in prayer, that's a good sign that God is speaking to you
2: about something. Yeah.
1: Um. So I would say, Listen to your conviction. You know, whenever you're intimate enough with someone, your desires will align with that of who you've been intimate with. Like me and Amanda, we've been married for going on six years. And there are just things that she knows after like our, through our relationship that she don't even have to ask me. She don't even have to ask me about it. She don't even have to assume one way or another because she knows. Like, I don't... Like, how do I feel about eating bananas? Do you eat
2: bananas?
1: I hate bananas. And so she doesn't have to ask me every day, Michael, is it in your will to have a banana today? Because it's like, no, I hate bananas, and I always have, and I always will hate eating bananas. And so for some of you guys, you're like seeking God for um, things that are first off, already established in his word. Second off, already established through your conviction. And he's been convict, God been convicting you about writing a book for the last three years. And you trying to get another sign of whether or not you should. God been convicting you over whether or not you should start that yeah. YouTube, <laughs> and if you should start that YouTube channel God told you a year ago to start the podcast but you want to ask God for more stuff you want to say maybe if I pray and listen harder to God he'll give me different directions you see we say that when we in prayer, We want information. But in reality, we want affirmation to do what we want to do ourselves, regardless of if God's in it or not. And we want God to affirm what we want instead of us saying, God, help me execute what you want and what you have just been telling me to do for the longest time. Guess what? It's not gonna get easier. And for some of y'all, y'all are asking God to talk to you more And while simultaneously being disobedient. And I'm just telling you that if you expect God to speak to you while you're being disobedient, then not only are you delusional, but you're entitled and you need to spend more time in prayer. All right. I'm going to just smoke some water. I'm sorry. Was that too tough? No,
0: no, no. You're speaking the truth. The Holy Spirit speaks through conviction and many times because we haven't listened to that conviction and we haven't been obedient to that conviction. We're saying, God's not speaking to me. And it's like, no, he has. You just ain't been listening. You Mm. haven't been obedient. And because you haven't been obedient, he's not telling you something new. Why would he give you a new instruction when you haven't done the last thing he told you to do? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to tell my daughter to run before she can walk. Mm. I'm not going to tell my daughter to walk before she can crawl. Uh-uh. I'm going to make sure that she can do one stage at a time. And so, if you haven't done the last thing he's told you to do, why do you expect to tell? Why do you expect him to tell you anything different? So, I love that you talk about uh, conviction. Because conviction, I believe, is the language of the Holy Spirit. When many times we're not hearing an audible voice, we, he- we have a deep conviction. And sometimes conviction is what you shouldn't do. But sometimes we have the conviction of what we should do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because sometimes it's just like, man, I didn't hear the audible voice of God. I didn't get a sign. Nobody gave me a word. But I just have this feeling I'm supposed to start a blog, And I can't shake the feeling. Yeah. I'm so convicted that I must do this, that there's nothing that I I can't even go forward without doing it. And so, conviction is the language of the Holy Spirit.
1: And let me tell you something too. The reason why some of y'all ain't been getting started is because you think that what God has told you to do is insignificant. See, that's your problem. You're expecting for God You believe in your heart that God's called you to do big things and great things, and you feel like what he's telling you to do is small potatoes compared to what he wants you to do, not realizing that it's actually going to be big when you do it, but you just so self-absorbed by it not being big and by not looking like how everybody else is look that you're not even getting started and now you ain't getting nothing because God is like you ain't even doing nothing how am I I can't like I can't like we're like God multiply multiply me well guess what Zero multiplied by a million is zero. God, you're that's why you ain't seeing no fruit. It's because you ain't giving God nothing. No seed, no fruit, no, no, no nothing. You gotta give something,
0: God, you gotta give God something.
1: You gotta give him something to bless. Let me tell you this. Let me let me dig deep into this one real quick. Let so first kings chapter 19, 11 through 13.
0: Okay. okay. If I have one little thing to tag on to there, are we shifting? Are we shifting outside well, of that? I feel like, or is it flowing
1: into that? I feel like we're, st- we're shifting into the voice of God still. But like, but you can still add your sauce if okay.
0: you want to. Do, do, do I need to add it at the end? Or are we shifting away from that little nugget? Uh,
1: you, can, you can go ahead and add okay.
2: your sauce.
0: Okay. Well, I, I'm not saying it's sauce. I'm just saying it's uh, it's something that the Holy Spirit <laughs> told me today. And I'm like, okay, that's for somebody, but I don't know when I'm going to share it. But this is the moment of the time. All right. Um, so some of us There's some of you on here today who are watching, or even some of you who will be watching the replay, who you feel called to women. You feel called to reach women. You say, I want to do ministry for women. I want to uh, reach the lost. I want uh, to preach to to masses. I, I just feel called to women. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you feel called to minister to women, if you feel called to have a women-owned business, to serve women, if you feel called to have a women's ministry, if you feel called to reach women in any way, if you are me. If you are nasty, oh, if you are catty to the woman who is at your office right now, oh, if God. you gossip about your sister behind her back, what makes you think that God is going to bless you with a fruitful ministry? You must be faithful with the one. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If what is in your heart is hatred towards women, why would God use you to serve women? God wants to use you, but you're not being faithful with the one. You want the 1,000, you want the 5,000, you Uh want the Uh 10,000, you want the followers, but you don't actually love the women that you're preaching to.
1: Don't be a woman who likes preaching the crowds but don't like people.
0: Hmm. Faithful with the one. So many times the Holy Spirit will speak through conviction. So when he's saying, don't gossip about that person. Bless those who persecute you. Um, Love those who hate you. If he's saying, you know what, I want you to sow into this woman's life, you're at the grocery store and you're you're saying the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and the Holy Spirit wants you to give her a word, you be obedient to that in the same way that you would want the crowds, in the same way that you would want the followers, because God will only multiply that which you've been faithful to. And if you're faithful with the one, God will bless you with more. And so you guys may have been convicted about, you know, I feel called to women. We'll start with the one that's right around you.
1: If you like crowds, but you don't like people, you ain't got the Holy Spirit in you. Not the Holy Spirit working in you because God executes and perfects us. Through our love for
0: others. I got something to say. Okay. Okay, so we do have a teaching, but I mean, it's just like the Holy Spirit's talking. So if when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's only to expose everybody else around you, but the Holy Spirit never exposes you to you, then you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. The first person that the Holy Spirit will convict is you. The Bible says, mm. before you judge someone else, mm. take the plank out of your eye before you try to take the speck out of somebody else's eye. Oh. So the language of the Holy Spirit is conviction. And you, the first person he's going to convict is you. Mm. Not everybody else and they Mama. Mm. That's the voice of criticism. That is oh. a critical spirit. Mm. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to talk to you first.
1: And you know why that is? It's because the fruit of the Spirit is love, and joy, and patience, and kindness, and gentleness, and faithfulness, and self-control. And you only have those things whenever you can look at people who get on your nerves, who you don't like, who are annoying, and you say, yeah, but you know what? I'm sure that I haven't always been that pleasant to be around. And so, you know what? Instead of thinking of myself more highly than I ought, let me just love this person with the love of Christ. You wanna know, if you wanna see how well you're loving people, peep this. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him. But at the last supper, when Jesus said, one of you are gonna betray me, The disciples didn't know who he was talking about. Jesus loved Judas so well. He loved his enemies so well that the other disciples didn't even know Judas was his enemy.
0: Wow. How well
1: are you loving your enemies? Everybody know who your enemies are? Everybody know who your haters are? Everybody know who's getting on your nerves?
2: Everybody know who annoy you? Who are you gossiping about? Hmm.
1: I'm just saying. Yeah. I ain't even got no water, but I'm going to just take a little water in uh, faith. Yeah.
0: Let me just bring this back to like even personal experience experiences. Michael can segue into the last little bit of teaching that he has. So this year has been, <laughs> year for me, this year has been a year of deep into, intimacy with God. I've grown closer to God this year than I have in years previous. I've read more Bible this year than I have in years previous. I've, I just feel like a friend of God. I feel like a daughter of God. I feel deeply known by God. But it's so interesting because I'll be in my sweetest moments with God, leaning into his presence, listening to God. And then I even move into this place where I'm just in this meditative state where I'm being with God. And it's funny because it's in that time when he says, get up, Amanda, I got something to tell you about your heart. Isn't it great? The first person that God is going to speak to is going to be about you. And whenever you get to this place where you can say, God, show me my heart, that is a place where you're trusting God to change you. Because you can have all of this information, you can have the voice of God, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're willing to submit to him to where he will change you. But when you are in the presence of God, he will not let you leave his presence unchanged. There's no way that you can sit up under the glory of God in your closet. There's no way that you can sit up under the teaching of the Bible. There's no way you could sit up under that every single day and stay the same. He is going to speak to you about yourself. He's going to speak to you at, about your heart. And the goal of Christianity is not that you could have a comfortable life. The goal of Christianity is not that you could have this, uh, this life of, of luxury or, or, or comfort or anything. The goal of Christianity is so that you might die and he might live. Mm. And so understand that you're going to be able to hear the voice of God so much more clearly when you're willing to say, God, show me my heart. I'm willing to die so that you can live through me.
1: So here's the thing. Many times in the Bible, there are, um, we hear about testing, right? And I think that one of the things that's important to know is that whenever we um, are in school, we take tests. And that's often how we think of like God testing us, like pass, fail, you got about a C plus, uh, you know, and we kind of grade ourselves like, oh, I'm going through a test, I need to pass the test. When in reality, testing is more, should be seen as like, think of it less like school testing and more like testing in a science lab. You test something in a science lab, you test, um, like you you may, uh, like an archeologist may dig up a rock and they may say, let's bring it back to the lab and test it. And when they test the rock, what they do is they test it to see what's in it. If they get gold, they test it to see, is it pure? And then maybe they bring it through the fire and they test it again to see, can we pull anything out of it that's not pure? And so it's not like pass, fail, A, B, C, D, F. It's, it's purifying. And so I say that because whenever you're spending time with the Lord, <clears throat> he's going to be testing you during this time. He's going to be testing you and pulling things out of you and saying things about you and you know like giving you what like telling you about yourself Mm -hmm. but here's the thing like a faith that has never been tested can't be trusted Mm
2: -hmm.
1: don't tell me that you ready for this that and the other when your faith in like your character and who you are you haven't been tested in the closet. You yeah. hadn't been tested in the business. You hadn't been tested on the job. You yeah. haven't been tested in the faith. Like, like it, it only the testing. Here's the thing: you never get pure until Jesus comes back or you die and go to heaven. Which means that just when you think, ah oh, maybe I'm pure, back and testing.
0: Mm -hmm. Back and testing. Yeah. And many times the way that God purifies us, and I want you to hear me on this. Many times the way that God purifies us is showing us who we truly are and how he truly sees us. Mm. The purest form of us, this glorified form of us, is where we're fully one with Jesus. We're in God. God is in us. The Holy Spirit binds us together in perfect love. Jesus lives with us. We're united as one. This is this glorified, purified form of us. God will speak to that person. He will speak to that, that identity. He will tell you who you are. When you're lost and gone and sleeping with people and hadn't read the Bible in two weeks, and in that moment, he'll stay, still say, that's not who you are. He'll say, you are pure. You are my daughter. I am pleased with you. You are called to do great things. He'll say beautiful things about you. And because he's telling you who you are, it empowers you to let go of everything that you're not. And so that's how God often tests you. He'll often show you, This is who I've called you to be. So why is it that you've picked up all these impurities that were never built for you, that were never Mm. designed for you? Mm. The reason why you're experiencing such dissatisfaction in your life is because you're carrying burdens that were not designed for you. You're carrying sin that was not designed for you. You're carrying shame that was not designed for you. Let me show you the way that I designed you to be. Let me tell you who you truly are so you can let go of everything that you're not. And so... Understand that the testing is not all bad. It's not all, oh, yeah, you're this, you're that, as if God is condemning you. No, God is going to speak to your identity so that you can let go of everything that isn't you. So
1: when the man said identity, I just knew that like she was coming with that heat. <laughs> um. So.
0: <laughs> so we still have a little bit more
1: teaching. So so I, so y'all are walking with us real good. If you are ready for the last section of this teaching on How to Hear God, and if you've been blessed by it, go ahead and drop some emojis in the chat. And I had not seen the, uh, I, well, I guess we're going to, yeah. So I want you to drop some emojis in the chat, do some stuff, you know what I mean? Let us know that you still here, you still engaged, and that you're ready to rock
2: and roll. Right. All right, so, <clears throat> all right, so <clears throat> First Kings
1: 19, 11 through 13. 1 Kings 19, 13 says this. The Lord said to Elijah, go stand in front of me on the mountain and I will pass by you. Then a very strong wind blew until it caused the mountains to fall apart and the rocks to break in front of the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire, there was a quiet, gentle sound, a still small voice. When Elijah heard that, he covered his face with his coat, went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. So why did, why did we bring this up? It's not to reference earth when in fire although that is probably the scripture is probably where they got the band name. Um, this, This scripture is showing how many times we want the Lord to speak big and loud and be like, you know, God in the Bible, you spoke to people like, boom. And God just speak to me like, boom. But notice here, how there was all this wind until it caused the mountains to fall apart, but God didn't speak through that. An earthquake happened, but God didn't speak through that. Fire came, but God didn't speak through that. Instead, God spoke through a gentle, still, small voice. In some versions of the Bible, it says that he spoke through a whisper. You wanna know, You wanna know why God speaks through whispers? Because if you wanna hear somebody who's whispering, you actually gotta get close to him. See, some of us want God to speak loud so that we don't have to go through the work of being intimate and close with
0: him. Many times, God speaking in a loud voice or in a striking way is not a sign of our spiritual maturity. It's actually a sign that we're spiritually immature. That he has to go out of his way to stop everything, to get our attention because we're that far gone from
1: him. And I see this in my own life. Like my daughter, Lily, will try to get in the trash can. She will try to eat stuff off the floor. And I say, Lily, you know, I say, you know, same thing with my son, bean. You know, and so like the 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 more immature they are, the louder I get to catch their attention. Yeah. And so if you're wanting God to speak to you loud, that is indicative of your maturity in God. And so what you need to do, well, first off, what's gonna happen is the way that God matures you is he sends you through tests. And so be encouraged that you go through tests because it's actually going to allow you to hear God better. But don't try to go, um, don't try to have God speak to you loud so that you say, I now don't have to get that close to you and hear the whispers.
2: Okay.
1: So, that said, um, whispers can sound like different things. Whispers can sound like um, You know, if you grew up in church, you'll hear it said that like, I got a check in my spirit. Anybody ever heard that before? I have a check in my spirit. That's a whisper. A whisper whisper could say, don't do that. A whisper could say, do that. A whisper could say, "Um, that's a good idea. A whisper could say, that's a bad idea. Check this. You wanna know something that's really interesting? I'm about to blow some of y'all's minds. A whisper from God could say, that is biblical and that is good, but I don't want you to do it. Mm. But you got to be, be mature in God to hear that because otherwise you'd be like, oh, that must be the devil. Here, I'll show you an example. Sharing the gospel is a great thing to do and it's important to do. But in the Bible, in Acts 16, 6-7, six it says, Paul and those with, with him went through the areas of Phrygia and Galatia, since the Holy Spirit did not let them preach the good news in Asia.
2: Hmm. Wow. When they
1: came near to the country of Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not let them. <clears throat> See, that could seem contradictory. Wow. That could seem contradictory because it's like, well, God, don't you want me to spread the gospel? And it's just like, yes, I do, but not here, not there, not. And you could be all kinds of confused if you're not a mature Christian because you're like, is this the devil trying to stop me? (laughs) Is this God? Like, what? But if you're mature, then you hear the whispers. Secrets see for some of you, it's like, God, I want to do this, but you're doing it because you saw somebody on Instagram do it, mm-hmm. and God said that's a good thing, and it's biblical, but I don't even want you to go into asia i didn't want I didn't want you to go but i didn't want you I didn't want you to go into that, mm-hmm. but you're only going to catch i to catch the whispers and so <clears throat> last thing i'll say I'll, I'll say this we'll close with this. Um we live in Atlanta as you guys know. And if you um turn the radio on to uh, uh to to a certain station there is gospel music that plays. But if you drive out of Atlanta, you drive towards Florida or South Carolina or towards Alabama, the further you get from Atlanta, the fuzzier the signal. And in fact <clears throat> That gospel channel could start sounding like a rap channel or a jazz channel or something different the further you get from Atlanta. But then when you come back closer to Atlanta, it gets clearer. And in that same way. The further you get from God, the the, 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 more, the the less time you spend with him, the more staticky his voice is, the more you're like, is this me, is this God, is this the devil, like the, the more that happens. <clears throat> and so if you've been feeling that way, that's normal. And I just want to um, basically affirm you and encourage you that you can always turn the car back around and say, you know what? I've been tripping, but i'm gonna get back i'm gonna go ahead and just spend some time in the bible i'm gonna go ahead and spend some time in the word i'm gonna go ahead and and just pray i'm gonna just sit in silence and just see if god' gonna say something i'm gonna see if he can convict my heart about something like i'm just and and the more you do that and the closer you get to God, the clearer his
0: voice will be. so guys. <clears throat> That is our teaching on hearing the voice of God. Um, A few reminders is that uh, the Holy Spirit will often speak through conviction, um, but you won't hear the voice of God if you're not in the Word of God. Mm. Um, And so uh, what was point number two? What was point
1: number two? We were flowing. You merged points one and two. So
2: um, point number two was that... You have more access to God than you think. And
0: you have more access to God than you think. You have to remember that you have more access to God when you think you have the Holy Spirit living inside you. He has written the law on your heart. So, guys, this has been a super fun time with you guys, and we are about to kick off Q&A. But before we kick off Q&A, uh, Michael and I have something super exciting to share with you guys. Up. Um, but we want your permission to share with you guys our really cool, exciting thing. So, would you guys like to hear what we have to share with you?
1: Put yes in the chat. If you,
0: would like to. <laughs> you say put yes in the chat. And
1: I say if you would like to. Right? Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. I love you guys. I want to personally invite every single one of you guys on here to my Change Conference 2020. Now, during this time where I was talking about the voice of God, I shared with you about how when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. When God speaks to your identity, he'll tell you to, he'll show you exactly everything that you need to shed. And so the theme for the Change Conference is shed what was never you to become who God calls you to be. And so this conference is all centered around becoming the woman that God created you to be. So it's going to be centered around four main ideas. Belonging to God. So that's identity. Shedding. That's deliverance. Yeah, we're going to be casting stuff out. So come with the spirit of expectation.
2: In town. You're,
0: you're not going to leave the same. Uh, development. That means we're going to talk about your spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about... Um, learning and studying and growing. And lastly, activation, we're going to commission you. um, And I believe that there's going to be a divine anointing at that conference where you will not leave the same. You'll leave with a greater level of confidence and authority and a power. So and me, we're
1: teaching together.
0: We are going to be teaching together at the conference. We're going to be doing a purpose workshop together. Ooh. Really excited about that. So let me share with you guys uh, some of the other speakers that are going to be here at the Change Conference 2020. So let me get out of this. Go on over, hey YouTube world. So here is the Change Conference 2020. Do, so let me do this real quick. I'm not the only. Let
2: me
1: do this real quick. You I'm do, gonna, We'll do um, dance, push on screen, because they see, like, all of us.
0: Oh, stuff. yeah, because well, we got a bunch of stuff. Yeah, like,
1: all these windows open and stuff like that. So you let right, you right. Do this, and uh,
0: boom. There we go. All right, so... Shabbos was never you to become who God has called you to be. Now, change conference is for you if you're going through a time of healing, refreshing, and letting go. If God has shown you a vision for your future, but well, you just need to be activated. Uh, if you need a getaway for the weekend.
2: Come on. If you're ready
0: to, to break out of your shell or if you're just ready for change. Now, we have a killer lineup. Miss Heather Lindsay, none other than my pastor. Jacqueline Small, she's a firecracker, powerhouse for God. Ashley Brown, relationship expert extraordinaire. Kirsten Jordan, Jada Hyde, Natasha Miller, and my amazing fine husband. Here's, uh, here's what it's going to be. It's going to be in the Renaissance Concourse Hotel, in Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Airport Hotel. Um, and we have a special booking link. And it's only seven minutes from the airport and you're able to shuttle there. So it's super easy. You won't get lost. But let me show you the schedule of events. Now, sometimes with conferences, they don't give you the schedule. They just say main session because they want to keep everything top secret. But I want you, if you want to come to the Change Conference, I want you to know exactly what's happening and when it's happening. So we're going to have VIP dinner for those uh, who get VIP tickets. That first night, we're going to have a worship uh, night and a night session. Um, So it's going to be power pack uh, Spirit filled, power packed worship. And I'm going to be bringing a word all about identity and belonging to God to set the atmosphere for the rest of the conference. That next morning, I'm going to be doing a workshop on the process of shame. Jada Height is going to be a process of change. Then Jada Height will be doing a workshop on shaking off shame. Uh, Kirsten Jordan will be doing a um, uh, message on changing your story. Then we're going to be doing a speakers panel with all of our speakers for that day. There will be a book signing, and that ne- that evening, on well, that second night, there's going to be worship. And that night keynote session is going to be Jacqueline Small, and it's all going to be about shedding. So this is going to be a deliverance. Session, if you know that you've been carrying around a spirit of shame, if you know you've been guilt carrying around a spirit of pride or um, mm-hmm. even other spirits that you have not even addressed before, you know you need a greater level of deliverance, that's the night you're going to um, come with that expectation. On the final day, there's going to be a pur- purpose workshop where Michael and I are tag team teaching. It's probably going to be the most fun session. We're going to have a <laughs> lot of fun. Yeah, we'll have lots of session. fun. I guarantee
1: you that. Yes. And I'm coming for the edges again.
0: There you go. Um, Ashley Brown, other uh, also known as Ashley Empowers. You've seen her on YouTube. She's gonna be doing a relationships workshop because relationships are wealth and you can't change your life if you don't change the people you're around. <laughs> Um, Natasha Miller, yes, Natasha Miller will be speaking on freedom from fear. We'll be doing another speakers panel and that last night. We're going to top it off with none other than Heather Lindsay. She's going to be doing a session all about change and activation. So she's going to be, um, pouring out a greater level of confidence on us. So I want to invite you to the change conference 2020 as a reminder, it's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, June 25th through 27th. However, we have a super special, amazing bonus if you sign up within the next 48 hours.
1: So for some of you guys, um, you know, I don't know. I may just do it for tonight because I just there, it's just such it's just such a good deal. We'll do
0: 48 hours for the replay
1: people. Oh, for the replay people, yeah. Okay. Ooh, y'all lucky because I was because I'm the type of person to be like. Yeah, you are. It's all right. So um For many of you guys, you know, let me stop sharing the screen real quick because, and and let me make sure that there are no questions down here. Um, Let's see. So Alexa says,
0: I'm friends with Jackie. She's amazing. Jackie is phenomenal. Let Let go, let go, let go. I'm really looking forward to her session. It's going to be fire.
1: So um, earlier, we were talking about how, um, so I'm going to show you guys something that's really, really cool. Um, We were talking about how to hear the voice of God, right? So many of you guys know that I have the online financial school, and we were talking about hearing the voice of God. The online financial school, for those of you who don't know, is like an online financial literacy and business school. But anyway, um, I have inside of here, um, in the bonus section, I have a... Full course on how to pray. Because I don't know about y'all, but whenever I grew up in church, they told us how to, pr- they told us to, that we needed to pray and that the Bible said to pray. But I was like, how do I do it? And they were like, uh, Lord, lay me down to sleep. I pray <laughs> so long. You know what I mean? And so I have a course called Practical Prayer, where when you click on it, um, I go through five modules on how to actually pray. Um, how I spend time with God, like these are, um, like these are like really, I I spent a lot of time putting these together, um, structuring these.
0: Yeah. It was even more in depth, um, than the webinar we did tonight. Yeah. Like we only scratched the surface on the process of prayer and his process of prayer, he learned at a monastery. He brought it back to me and it changed my life forever. So Like he, even how he's describing it is downplaying how impactful this course is going to be in your life.
1: I have, I like, I don't even know if I, I could literally pull up my text messages down here and like show you guys messages from people who have gone through the practical prayer course learned the curriculum and been like so absolutely impacted by it. And so like I teach about um, just so many things. Anyway, in within this, there's actually a prayer guide as well um, for you to like have prayers that, um, oh, but the prayer guide is kind of cut off. So I'll fix that. But for you guys to have prayers for you for to, to go through and like it's just, it's great. It's great. It's really, really amazing. And so anyway, for anybody, who Amanda? First off, loves y'all because I was like, "We are gonna do it tonight only, and it's only for people who have gotten VIP or get VIP." But she was like, nope, I'm doing it for everybody." So if you jump into the conference by tonight, I mean, I'm oh, sorry. Here, I, let, let me let me. You say it because I'm I'm, I'm I'm you thinking through my lips. Sorry, you. Two. All right.
0: If you purchase your conference ticket within the next 48 hours, you will have full access to Michael's practical prayer course as a bonus. You won't have to pay a thing for his prayer course. You'll get instant. Well, you'll get access to it. Um, and you'll have your ticket as well. And so, if you are a V, if you um, have already purchased a VIP ticket, or if you purchase the VIP ticket, you'll get the practical prayer course, and you'll also have a one-on-one uh, mentorship session with me. So, if you've already purchased a VIP ticket, I know there's some of you who are on here. You will get a one-on-one session with me, and you'll also get access to the prayer course. If you purchase uh, a change ticket, general admission. You may not get a one-on-one session with me, but you will get um, access to the practical prayer course. And so um, let me show you a few differences between the two types of tickets so that you will know um, exactly what you would want to get. It help you. There we go. So let's say you say I register here. So here's the difference between a VIP ticket And a general ticket so with a general ticket you just get to come to the conference you get full access to all the all the sessions someone
1: asked if it included the cost of the hotel room and it does not so it does not you
0: have to buy your hotel um separately but there's a special link for that um and so the cost for a general admission is 149 dollars. but the moment that you get that you'll also get access to michael's practical prayer course if you order if you get your ticket within the next 48 hours now if you were to get a vip ticket you get um, full access to all the conference sessions. You get a private VIP lunch um, with me, that's on Thursday. Um, You'll have access to the VIP room, which is going to have full access to snacks and waters um, throughout the conference so that you don't have to be buying a bunch of snacks and stuff. Um, And you'll be able to get front of the room seating um, and you'll have complimentary water with that. You're going to have a VIP swag bag with lots of goodies inside. Um, And you'll also have priority access to my book signing. And if any other other speakers want to do a book signing, you'll have priority access to that. That's two ninety seven, dollars And so, uh, if you order your ticket within the next 48 hours and you order a VIP ticket, on top of all of these things that you get as a VIP member, you also get a one on one coaching session with me. And if you already purchased your, your, your ticket, you'll still get that as well. All you got to do is email me and we'll set that up. And then you'll also get access uh, to Michael's Practical Prayer course.
1: Listen, y'all, some of y'all are like, I'm telling y'all what, like between the Change Conference and the Practical Prayer course, I am not exaggerating because I experienced it in 2019. 2020 will be the most spiritually intimate year of your life if you move forward with this. Like I am, I am willing to I'm willing to guarantee it. Why not? Because I feel that strongly about it. Like when I, I went to a monastery with Christian monks for three days. To learn about prayer and taught it all what a lot of what I learned just like in that course. And so it's just really, 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 really um like some of you guys are in a place where you've been Christians for a long time, but you haven't felt spiritually like empowered. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, it's like you're a Christian, but it's like when people like, Become parents and they're like, I'm a parent, but I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a wife, but I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, you're a Christian, but you don't know what you're doing. And so help, let us help teach you what you need to know so that you actually have a fulfilling walk in this faith.
0: Yeah. So um, do that within the next 48 hours. You have 48 hours to move on that, to get that.
1: Just and curious, if you going to the change conference, just put me in the chat. I'm just, I, I just want I just want to know. I just want to know who we're going to meet.
0: Guys, we're going to sell out on this conference. We're going to sell out the spots. Ty's going to the change conference. Come on, girl. Let's go,
1: Ty. And I know we got some people on YouTube too, so let me yes. see. And then we can also open it up for Q&A as well.
0: Yes. Um, so, do that within the next 48 hours. Aubrey and her family are coming. Yes, bring your whole crew.
2: Let's go.
0: Yes, Alyssa says, I'm going to make a way to be there. Come on. Me, Come on. Me, Dana is coming. We know you coming. Yes, girl. Yeah. You yes. and your sister. Yeah. Yes. Oh, is that
1: great, Susan? So? Yes. Yeah, Yo, you're a real one. Okay,
0: anyway. <laughs> so we're going to sell out on this conference. And so it's really important that you understand the time sensitivity sensitivity of this, not just for the prayer course, but also because um, I want it to be wise. This is my first. I'll just be very vulnerable with you, like just very vulnerable with you. This is my first in-person conference. and. I'm not, I, I was like, not going to get a 600 seat auditorium. That's a lot of money to put down. Not knowing if these tickets are going <coughs> to sell. We actually have a very limited amount of space. And so because we have a limited amount of space, there's a limited amount of tickets that we can sell. And so if this is something that you absolutely want to do now is the perfect time to get this because of course the prayer, the prayer course, the bonuses, but also, um, If you don't move now, there's just no guarantee that there's going to be a spot for you. And so I just want you guys to understand that um, from the beginning, because I do believe that this is going to be a full conference. Yeah. Let's do some Q&A.
1: Someone asked if men are allowed to come.
0: Yeah. And I, I do believe that men are allowed to come. It's just with the understanding that if men come, they understand that it is geared towards women. So they don't come in with the expectation that, you know, like it's going to be geared for everyone. So men are definitely welcome to come if they understand that it's geared towards women.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's dope.
0: Yeah. You can bring your husband with you, you know, like yeah. if you're married, you can bring your boyfriend with you. Um, yeah. But they have to get a ticket because <laughs> yeah. seats are limited.
1: Cool. Um, and so let's see. Let's go to YouTube real quick. I just want to make sure that we have it. uh missed any. How can we watch the replay for tonight's teaching? Um, that It's going to be on our YouTube it channel. It's going
0: to be on YouTube. Let's start taking some questions. So what questions do you guys have about hearing the voice of God? What kind of questions do you guys have about your walk with God? Um, what questions do you guys have about the conference? Let's start taking some questions.
1: Uh, someone asked, do you have college student discounts? No, we didn't do college student discounts because we did like a... Early bird discount and then we did like uh pre like before Cyber Monday discount and so we just yeah. we didn't do a discount just for college students, we just did yeah. a discount for everybody.
0: Yeah, and we did like an early early bird discount, like an early, early bird discount. And Dana swiped it. It was awesome. She did. Her she, her and her sister. So I'm cause
2: No, yeah, <laughs> so
0: they swiped it. It was awesome. I'm really glad. So like we did an early, early bird bird discount, then we did the early bird up until Cyber Monday. Um and so yeah.
1: Cool. Any
0: questions? Let's hear. Oh, here's the Q and A box. Let's see. Um, you said God is not the Bible. Reading it isn't the same as being intimate with Him. But how do you explain John one one? The Word was with God, and the Word was God.
1: Yeah. So John one one is really a reference to the beginning creation of time. So here's something that's really really important to understand that christianity created the bible the bible did not create christianity there was
0: in judaism yeah
1: yeah but like
0: it flowed into okay
1: yeah but like the point is that the the text of how can i say this so like jesus wasn't reading ephesians like (laughs) jesus that like that was Ephesians came afterwards. Like there were writings that came afterwards. In fact, the book of John is the oldest gospel it was written between 90 AD to like 110 AD. And so um, what the, so the big idea is that we're not telling you to not read your Bible. Obviously we reference it the whole entire time. But what we're saying is that you can go to Harvard or Yale or Dartmouth or any university and take a religion course in academia and they're talking about the bible but they're not spending time with jesus or like pursuing a relationship with him there
0: are a lot of atheists who know a lot of scripture but they don't know god
1: that's so that's and and some of these and that's why it's important for you to know scripture too because like for instance one of we're having dinner with them on saturday like we we have good friends of ours who are a, a good friend of mine who is atheist went to Harvard and is very, very smart and knows the Bible like real, real good. Like he used, used to be a youth pastor, real, real good. And so, um, and so you just, but, but he's not going to heaven if he dies tonight. So like you have to know that reading the word of God and having a relationship with God are two different
0: things. Yes. And I'll add one more thing to that. There's <laughs> in the Bible, when, it references the word of God. Sometimes the word for word is the, in the original language is logos. And sometimes the word for word <laughs> in the original language is rhema. So there's a logos word of God and there is a rhema word of God. And so understand the difference. Logos means the written word of God, the Bible, the text. That's what we reference whenever we said, you can't, you can't know the voice of God if you don't know the word of God. You can't know the, the rhema word of God is the spoken word of God. Mm-hmm. You cannot know the rhema word of God if you do not know the logos word of God. Mm-hmm. You cannot know the spoken word of God if you don't first know the written word of God. And so understand that God is not going to be speaking to you a whole, whole bunch. I'm not saying he won't ever ramus speak to you if you don't know the Bible, but he won't do that a whole lot. Because at some point he says, you, you need to know my written word.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
0: understand that God is the word um, and he inspired the Bible and he um, used people as his pen, as his <laughs> it, is, it is spirit that breathes. The Bible says that all is spirit breathe. And so he was the one who inspired it. Um, however, the Logos written word of God is different than the Rhema word of God. Um, it's important for us to differentiate the two. And so whenever we're talking about um, knowing the Bible is not the same as knowing God, um, it's saying knowing the Logos word of God is not the same as being able to hear the Rhema word of God because you actually have to be intimate with God in order to hear the Rhema word of God. So hopefully that breaks it down a little bit. Can you want that answer. read that one? Uh... What if you've always thought you heard from God, moved, moved, thinking it was God, just to have to go back home? Could it have been myself, wrong timing, or am I in need of more intimacy with the Father?
1: Here's the thing. Maybe it was the absolute right decision. How do you know? Like, sometimes when we're listening for the God and we hear that, believe that God told us to do something, we're actually thinking that when we follow God and do it, that he promises us a result. Of like this is uh, of of what we perceive to be like, oh, it worked out, but maybe that was just God It's almost like that story of Abraham where he took Isaac up to the mountain and like almost sacrificed him. It's like Abraham didn't say to himself. Did I really hear God, you know, because I brought him up to sacrifice my son only to bring him back down the line. You know what I mean? Like sometimes God tells us to do things just to see if we'll be obedient and faithful to it and so you're looking for god to say like oh i want you to move here and then when you move there you know you establish yourself build your roots get a nice house have a 401k nice job and everything works out peachy clean when in reality god's like you know what i just want you to go just to see if you're gonna go because the next time i tell you to go it's gonna be for something more significant and so like it's not that you miss God. You, it's not that, that anything will happen. Like we have to understand that our desire to be obedient to God is an insurance policy. Like, we can't lose, we can't fail. There's no such thing as failure because the only way you can fail is to be disobedient to God.
0: Yeah, and I would also just say, uh, just take it through. I, we've we've taught on this so many times, but we cannot beat the dead horse enough. Like we going not teach on it as much as we can. Put it through the God filter. If you have to make a big decision, put it through the God filter. The God filter is first, it's four steps. The God filter is number one. What does God's word say about it? What does the logo say about it? Now, if the logo doesn't say thou shalt move to Atlanta, thou shalt move to Dallas, then you go to step two. Step two is, does it get me closer to Jesus? Does it get me to closer to Jesus? Maybe there's a church family that you can belong to that gets you closer to Jesus. Maybe there's a, a, a ministry that you can connect yourself with that gets you closer to Jesus. If it doesn't, if it brings you around more temptation or, or whatever, if it, if it doesn't cause you to be stretched in any kind of way, maybe it doesn't bring you closer to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then you bring it through filter number three, which is um, what does my spiritual... Authority and spiritual counsel say about it.
2: Mm-hmm. So, this
0: is uh, people who mentor you. This is pastors. These are counselors. Um, these are wise people in the faith. What does my spiritual authority and wise counsel say about it? Um, and so, if they're spirit led, then um, if you're saying something off the wall, they'll be able to get a check in their spirit as well. And then the final thing is do I have peace about it? Now, if you go through the whole filter and then you don't have peace about it, then that could be a check in your spirit. That could be the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so if, with big decisions like that, put it to the God filter. Um, and then just take a leap of faith and see what God does. All right. Let's see. You want to read that one?
1: Um, first off, thanks. shout out to B for saying, hey, I just booked my conference hey! ticket. And we're going to fix that thing on the confirmation page. Um, How do I stay close to God and block out all the pressure to settle down, have kids, to make more money and noise? I'm really trying to stay focused, but the holidays got me going crazy.
0: You answered, I was responding to B.
1: Cool. So how do I stay close to God? I think one of the first things that you have to do, is you have to just like figure out the time to spend time like you know what go on a date with God like every day figure out the time that like works good for you and you just have some time of peace with God because like sometimes you just need some peace and quiet and you just need to be listening to God and just be like God I just need your help you know what I mean and God will affirm you, encourage you, and be like, you know what? And your auntie just love you so much, you know what I mean? She don't want you to end up alone like her. Like, that's why she's saying that. You know what I mean? Like, you just never know what he's going to say to you in your prayer time. But, like, I would just realize that your prayer time and, like, even when you read these proverbs, like, I teach about this through my practical prayer course. Like, some of these proverbs are like, you just read them and you're just like, man, I am glad that I have the wisdom, knowledge, discernment, and sanity of mind to not, to, to just be in exactly what God wants me to be.
0: Yeah, so good. D'Amika says, uh, how can you tell if God is speaking to you through your dreams? Uh, the fact that you're asking that question means he's probably speaking he probably to you is. through your dreams. Um, God, throughout the Bible, speaks to people through His through dreams. In the Bible, there are also um, prophets assigned to key leaders called seers. And these seers would have dreams and then be able to interpret those dreams and be able to serve as watchmen for those key leaders and tell them, you know, this is coming, that's coming. And that would work as a a strategy of war. Um, And so many times, and and that's what you even see outlined in the life of of Joseph. Um, He was able to interpret dreams. And he did that for Pharaoh and, um, oh, Potiphar, you know, um, and so understand that dreams throughout the Bible have been a key way of communication from God. And so the fact that you're asking that, I definitely think that God is trying to communicate with you. Um, dreams are very powerful. I would say, start writing down your dreams, be faithful with your dreams. If you're a seer, then God wants you to write down your dreams and record them because many times the further away we get from a dream, the more we start to distort it and change details unknowingly. And then you go back. If you, if you did write it, you'll go back and read it and be like, Oh wow, that's not what I saw at all. And so write it down immediately. And then God will give you clarity on that. Simply spend time with God and be, and say, Holy spirit, can you give me clarity, um, on this, the, during the nighttime while you're dreaming, um, because, your physical body is subdued. You're just more susceptible to the spirit realm. And so many times, because we're not worried about everything that else is going on, we're at rest. That's a time where God likes to speak to us. So I would say pay attention to your dreams. Write them down and then go back to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to show me through this?
1: Um, this would be good for you to answer. Okay. You guys were talking about how can God bless us if we are holding on with sin in our hearts. I have a strong spirit of unforgiveness and resentment to my ex-boyfriend for leaving me. I know the Bible says, how can we be forgiven if we don't forgive ourselves? How do I let the pain go? He was my first intimate partner and I'm struggling to stay focused and not harbor these negative things.
0: So it's important for us to understand that forgiveness is not a feeling. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is an action in the same way that love is not a feeling. Love is an action. And so in the Bible, How to practically forgive. Um, In the instances where the Bible talks about forgiveness, it mentions a couple of things. It says, pray for your enemies. So every time that you're harboring bitter anger towards your ex, instead of being bitter towards him, start to pray for him. It may seem counterintuitive because you don't want to be thinking about him, but no. You're thinking about him already, so you might as well pray for him. So take that opportunity to pray for him. Now, when you pray for him, don't be like, Lord, tear him down. You know, like curse every woman he's with. Like, no, like actually pray for his benefit. You know, pray that things in life go well for him. Pray pray that he grows closer to God. Start to pray for him. The Bible says you pray for your enemies. The other way you practically forgive is that you bless and not curse You bless and not curse. Now, what does that mean? In Americanized Christianity, we think the word bless means give them stuff. God bless me. Give me stuff. That's not what bless means in the Bible. In the Bible, when uh, God talks about blessings or um, whenever a father would bless his son or bless his daughter, it is always an act of affirmation. A blessing is speaking well of, and it, a blessing enables a person to prosper. So if, if blessing is speaking well of and enabling a person to prosper, cursing is speaking ill of and disabling a person to prosper. Mm-hmm. So every time you think about that person and you curse them, you're saying bad things about them, bad things about their character, bad things about what they're going to become. You're cursing them. The power of life and death is in the tongue. You have blessings and curses in your mouth. You may have always wondered what that meant because you think blessings are physical things. No, blessings are the words that you speak. And so every time you're cursing someone, you're feeding the bitterness in your heart and you're also disempowering them to prosper. And so active forgiveness is not a feeling. Active forgiveness is blessing and not cursing. So every time that person comes to your mind, instead of bashing them to everyone around you, you speak well of them. You say, you know what? I bless them. I want things in their life to go well. God has a plan for their life. I want to be able to see that plan for their life come to pass. Um, you know, they will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, you know, and I'm just happy for them. I want them to move on and have a happy marriage. So when you pray for your enemy, what's going to happen is that prayer will change your heart. You think it's going to change them, it does, but it more so changes your heart. And also, when you bless and you don't curse, Um, That also changes your heart, but it also empowers them to prosper, and it's an active way of forgiveness. And so understand that when it comes to forgiveness, you act first, and then your feelings catch up. So those are the practical things you can do to actively forgive your ex.
1: Yep. Um, Someone... Um. Said so. If we hear what we perceive to be the voice of God, should we go off of that? Do you think wise counsel is necessary? I asked because I heard God tell me something, and I told others about it, and they really discouraged me from doing that. Wise counsel is definitely necessary, but spiritual authority is like like asking your, you know. Asking your cousin Ray Ray with a 520 credit score, if you should get a car loan is not wise counsel. Like the keyword in here is wise. So yeah. if you are going to people who are wise and you have a group of wise people telling you not to do something, then like you have like, the Holy Spirit works through them too. God may be telling you to do something, but the timing may be off, you know what I mean? Like God may be telling you to do something, but there's something else he wants you to do beforehand. Like we're going to give my son, I'm sure when he turns 16 a car, but that don't mean he's ready to drive and take the keys today, you know what I mean? So like there is often time. like there was time between when Nehemiah had the burden And when Artaxerxes gave him permission to build the wall. There was time between when Moses, um, God told Moses to deliver the children out of Israel and they were walking across the Red Sea. And so sometimes we see what God's telling us to do, but we're not considering the time. Like Jesus from the very beginning was gonna die on the cross and resurrect from the grave to save us from our sins. But there was 33 years of time between that. And so like, you have to understand that there is, like oftentimes time that separates us from where we are currently to the promise that God's called us to.
0: Really good, really good. So yeah, I I wanted to add just one more thing to that. Whenever it comes to wise counsel, you also have to redefine what wise is. Wise is does not equate to intelligence. It's like the Bible says the wisdom of world is, it, wait, the wisdom of, God is foolishness to man or the world. Well, yeah, something like that. And so the way that the world thinks is is drastically different than the way that God thinks. So when we say wise, that doesn't mean go to someone who's smart. That means go to someone who fears God.
2: Mm-hmm. Go to
0: someone who you know they in their quiet time, they hear from God, they hear God. Yeah. Um, so when you go to That's someone who wise who's wise, it's like, no, I know that you have um a real relationship with God um
1: let's do two
2: more two more two more
0: more. we'll do two more we see let me just read these comments real quick last question do we immediately access tonight the prayer course
2: um it'll be within
1: the next 48 hours
0: yeah so michael will send that out via your email
1: yeah so like once every like there's a list of people in so once people buy a ticket, they get added to like a special list in our email system. And so once the cutoff happens, then I'll just send it all out at that point in time. Yes.
0: So you will get access to that within the next two days. Um, last two questions. Nwanda says, what advice do you have for someone who just gets so overwhelmed with the immensity of the word? Sometimes I feel like I'm reading but not digesting. You know, Michael's Practical Prayer Guide, um, Prayer Course really talks so well about this. It's transformed my life. Um, and I'll give you just a little snippet. So I used to just try and read a bunch all at once. And I still do that with like different things. But during my time with God, where I'm spending time with God, what I'll do is I'll take a song and I'll read every Single word this slow. Our Father, who art in heaven. Then hmm. you start to think about that. God is in heaven and I'm not. He is God and I'm not. I'm thinking about all the things I have going on and God is sitting in heaven.
2: And catch this. It's not our
1: God who are in heaven. It's our Father. So there is a relational Daddy Mm -hmm. who has me in mind, who has a fifty thousand foot aerial view
2: of every element of my life, who is in heaven and who knows me. Hmm.
0: That brings us so much more context and clarity to the words, our father who art in heaven.
1: And you know, when you think about that, bless you, when you think about, I have a relational God in heaven who created me and knows me. And the more he knows me and finds more unlovable things about me, the more he still loves me anyway. Wow, hallowed be your name. Hmm. You know what I'm saying, like you you go, like that was a little, that was a little, that was a little practical, practical, practical piece like that.
0: Yeah, so read scripture slowly out loud yes let it penetrate your heart it's
1: called Lexio divina
0: last question can the devil uh, elizabeth said can the devil ever send you signs to confuse you about what god is telling you to do
1: i hope so if the devil ain't attacking you then that's scary
0: here i'll share an example um so i was so yes the, the short answer is yes um So I was recently trying to evangelize, um, well, truly trying to build a relationship with this woman who I know who is an unbeliever. Um, I want to build a relationship and then eventually you know, um, lead her to Christ. So we were having spiritual conversations and during my conversation with her, I heard a voice that I thought was the voice of God said, you are going to work with her. And then about 10 minutes later, she said, I feel like we're supposed to work together. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just heard the voice of God tell me that we're supposed to work together. This must be the voice of God. But then I left that meeting with her feeling more confused because I'm like, the Bible says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. The Bible says, what partnership does does light have to do with the deeds of darkness I'm so confused. Why would the Holy Spirit want me to work with her? Why would God tell me to do that? And the further and further I was removed from that conversation, the more God opened my eyes and showed me that was a deceptive spirit. That was none other than the voice of the enemy. Not that doesn't mean that I'm not supposed to lead her to Christ. That doesn't mean that I'm, I'm I'm not supposed to to share my faith with her. That doesn't mean I'm not supposed to be around her at all. But the the Bible says what the Bible says, and God's God's instruction is not going to contradict God's word.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: God's Rhema word is not going to convict his logos word. And so absolutely the enemy will disguise himself and try and speak to you. But understand this: if you don't have peace about it, come on, or if it brings about confusion, come on, or if it contradicts God's word,
2: mm-hmm. it's
0: not God. I was so confused. I was like, I know the voice of God. I hear him so clearly. Why would God tell me I'm supposed to work with an unbeliever? I'm supposed to yoke with an unbeliever. Why would God tell me to do that? That doesn't make any sense because God wouldn't tell me to do that. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, the enemy will try and disguise himself as God's voice, but that's why you have the plumb line of the Word of God. So Uh-oh. whenever you start to build and it gets a little crooked because you're just trying to hear the ramal Word of God, but you don't have the Word, what, Logos Word of God, God drops that plumb line. You're like, whoop! I snapped out of it.
1: Straighten up. So
0: that's why you need the Word of God, the Logos Word of God. So good. Yeah. So
1: so um, make sure you guys tell us what you thought in the little chat and Zoom and on YouTube. Let you us know how much you love it. Make sure you register for the Change Conference within the next 48 hours and so that you can get your bonus. And um, I love you guys so much. Anything you want to say?
0: Yes. www.confidentwomenco.com slash conference. That's where you can get your ticket.
1: It was really good. Glad I busted my eyes. and. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love you, Dana. <laughs> no, Andy said, I really enjoyed this. Super helpful. I'm so glad that it was helpful. Ty says, it's amazing. You guys are so blessed. learned uh, so much. Y'all yes. are real ones.
1: Y'all are real ones. Thank you, Love Aubrey. you, Aubrey. Thank you, Aubrey. Appreciate you.
0: All right, let's just give a little bit of love to the YouTube world before we hop off. Oh, yes, for sure. We got to love our YouTube fam.
1: Yes. Thank you, Chica and Yuo. Thank you. Uh, Thanks,
0: Chasity. Thanks for being on.
1: Yes. Thank you, Cherise.
0: Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I've enjoyed all of you guys in Zoom world, all of you guys in YouTube world. It's a late night, but you guys rocked with us. I love spending my whole night with y'all. Yes. Michael.
1: I love spending my life with <laughs> y'all too, baby. I love spending my life with y'all too. We'll talk to y'all soon. And who knows? If
2: y'all like this, who may be back again soon?
0: Hey, we'll see you at the conference.
2: All right. Bye-bye.